a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. And joining me, as always, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Oh, graphic. <laughs> Glad to be back, Hema. Um, Man, this has been a weird week. We've actually it, had live sports oh, like, dude, in person that we've it, attended. It's been fantastic. It's um, been really nice. We just wrapped up another week of sports. I mean, we say another week because it feels so good and it feels so normal to be covering sports finally, like real sports that we actually went out and gathered and saw with our own eyes. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, normally we're out shooting stuff like all the time, like, you know, anywhere from like four or five events a week and not having anything at all has just kind of added a weird dynamic for our jobs but you know i went and shot two games this weekend you went and shot two games this week um it was fun it was great yeah high school football's back in the state uh we had our first game night live of the week um this last weekend it was at nine o'clock uh on saturday and then we'll be back again this upcoming week as long as fingers crossed nothing else happens knock on wood knock on wood baby but uh first what's going on this week we've got the utah jazz starting the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, game one may have been underway by the time you listen to this, so mm. we apologize in advance if that is is the case, but uh, we're just going to do a quick preview on what we expect from the Jazz against the Nuggets. Uh, what do you expect, Emma? Um, you can say not, not a whole lot. Yep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, not much. Uh, I, I mean, we already know. I mean, it's well known already that Boyan is out, and now we're out Mike Conley. Yeah. And... Uh, Ed Davis, Ed Davis was, injured his MCL, mm-hmm. which I mean he didn't really play. But then all of a sudden, he goes into that Spurs game, yeah, and looks like he should make the All Bubble team. Uh, Justin Wright Foreman got sent home. Yeah, it so. sounds like um, someone who got in trouble at, like scout camp or something, <laughs> right? Like, oh, did you guys hear that Adam Jones got sent home from Just, camp? What happened was Justin Wright Foreman brought an Eminem CD to a scout camp, church camp, and was sent home. Uh, he brought it to Trek. He was listening to his uh, Walkman in the tent. Uh, but yeah, the Jazz are down a bunch of people. They it, yeah, it doesn't look good. 
I don't expect much. I think the Jazz will uh, do some great things. I think the Jazz are almost uh, an elite team. They're just missing a lot of different things this season. A bench. Bench. Second guy who can guard in the paint. So it's it's good wing defender. We will see good plays. Like don't get us wrong. You'll see continuity. You'll see Donovan Mitchell do a lot of amazing things. You'll see Rudy Gobert be his normal stout defensive self, but it's it's just Denver's so good. I mean, yeah. this it's crazy, right? This is the best possible scenario for the Jazz. Right. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, yeah, the Nuggets are going to probably sweep us." Yeah, Denver's um you know, the Jazz have played them tight this year, but you go back through the games and it's like, okay, the Jazz lost by, I think, three the first time that they played and it, it took like a Jordan Clarkson miracle right, to like even keep them in that because they were down by like 20 plus in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And all of a sudden Jordan Clarkson goes off for like six threes in the fourth quarter or whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Sorry if that's not completely accurate, but... Or it's like a game they the Nuggets play without Jokic or like... Yeah, and then they had like another game that they only played like seven guys and they still beat the Jazz. And then we had that crazy double overtime game which took like multiple heroic efforts from Joe, Mike, Donovan, Donovan, Donovan. He was terrific in that game. But yeah, um, just kind of a weird matchup and not having Bojan really hurts. Not having Mike in the first round is going to really hurt. I mean, to take a look at it, if he... Even if he comes back tomorrow, he has to quarantine for four days with no positive tests. So right. that's a minimum if he's going to miss game one, game two, game three. He could be back for game four. But by that time, it could be too little too late. You know, the Jazz right. could realistically be down 3 nothing in this opening round series by that and, time. And, you know, you look at it, he has a brand new baby. So, yeah. like, if he's already going to miss three games, if he leaves right away... I'm guessing we won't see him, which is fine. Yeah. I think it's more important to spend time with your new baby, your wife just getting out of the hospital. You yeah. Have other kids to worry about. He is a dad after all. And so, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't think we see him at all because right. I expect the Jazz to get swept and I expect him to do the calculation in his head. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, it was a bad showing in the bubble for the right. Jazz. So. I maybe I think the one thing that could potentially change things is if the Jazz win game one. Maybe all of a sudden he decides that he wants to come back and he shows up tomorrow night and he's ready to go by I don't know, maybe that would still be he'd still be ready for game four. We'd have to see. But yeah, it's gonna be an interesting scenario. Um I think it's still gonna be a competitive game. I just know don't know that the Jazz have the dogs to go over the right. top against the Nuggets. That's it. Um and really like they have a lot of weapons. Like you look at um, Tory Craig is a lockdown defender, and he really has given Donovan a lot of trouble this mm-hmm. year. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is just an, an, an anomaly yeah. and like a revelation for what they really needed in an, an elite wing score. They have, um, I mean, Nikola Jokic, which just he's as talented as an mm-hmm. offensive center center as you can get. Um, yeah, I mean, they're really good, really good, and. Um, I think when all is equal and the Jazz are at their full strength, I think this would be a really good series that could go down to seven games. Yes. But not having Mike really hurts and not having Bojan really hurts. I mean, that's 
points per game that you got to replace right there. Right, and no one on the bench is able to do that. Right, like Clarkson, George Niang's not going to go off for. I mean, bless George. You know, he's he really improved during the bubble after we criticized him a lot. True, um, but he's not going to go out and hit eight threes in a game. You know, no. now watch him do it. But <laughs> oh, um, please, that'd be great. I think some of the things is. Frustrating as the Jazz play was in the bubble, I don't think... Well, obviously, they weren't going out to go win games. They were going out to do two things. To set themselves up for the best opportunity to play an ideal opponent in in the playoffs, which is Denver. Mm -hmm. And they wanted an opportunity to um, give these the the young draft picks, um, the young rookies, a chance to develop and show what they can do against NBA talent. And I think that you kind of accomplished those two things. I think, you know, one could argue that that was the Jazz's organization's intention the entire time. They they weren't looking for a (laughs) deep playoff run. They know they they don't got it this year. And, uh, yeah, I think placing themselves in the best scenario for the playoffs is actually just another few games that the young guys can get reps at yeah and they're high level games like you gotta you gotta give your developing talent not just reps in game situations but reps in high level uh competition situations like the playoffs so yeah i I think that's just it's all planning for a hit uh the future um i think a lot of questions got answered that that we needed answered like is this bench for reals because you remember like not too long ago before the whole COVID thing happened, our bench was pretty good. In yeah. fact, I was pretty convinced we had a great bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they just fell off. And so it's like, oh, we're not as tight on the bench as we thought. Yeah. We're not as durable as we thought. And, uh, yeah. So all in all, I think it's it was a good run for the Jazz. <laughs> we're acting like they already lost. Yeah, I know. But, like, it's 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 it served its purpose and great get our guys reps, but I'm not expecting too much. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a given that they were going to make the playoffs, but, um, they just want to set themselves up for the best possible matchup. They, I mean, the other thing too, to take into account is they weren't expecting Mike's wife to go into labor for another, her baby wasn't due for another 11 days. Mm. So that's potentially game five, six, seven, rather one, two, three that he'd miss, which, you know, um, that kind of makes a difference in how you prepare for things. Right, right. And yeah. how, you, how you're going to jockey the standings to position yourself. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for game one. It's a uh, early tip-off for those of us who work late at night. It's going to be <laughs> breakfast with the Jazz. Yep. Uh, for most normal people, it's going to be – you're going to have a nice lunch break that you can watch the first half, and then you'll probably be listening to the second half while you work. But – um, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we'll have you all covered on kslsports.com. Ben Anderson, Jazz Notes, his podcast. Um, uh, Kyle Ireland, Trevor Allen. They'll ha- all have you covered on the social, the digital. And we'll have you covered on the TV end of things. But yep. um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about America's sport. The greatest game in America. The greatest <laughs> game ever played. High school football, it's back, and Utah is at the forefront of uh, what's going on on the gridiron. I don't know. This is a really bad tease, but (laughs) it's too long. But we'll be right back. We're going to be talking about the first week of high school football. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Week one of high school football is in the books. Mm. Hema? Yes. What did you think? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, a lot of crazy things happened. Uh, by crazy, I mean we we released preseason the sports KSL Sports uh, top 20 power rankings for high school football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of movement this past week. Dude, I had Tim Butte at number two. It's surprising, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that game. That's the That was the KSL Sports game night live game of the week this yep. past week. Uh, Lone Peak at Tim Few. Uh, what did you think about that game? What was the other takeaways besides, wow, Tim Few wasn't as good as we thought? Well, I don't know that Lo- that Tim Few is not as good as we thought. I think Lone Peak's better than we thought. Okay. Um, I didn't think that they'd be able to reload after losing the talent they did. Right. Um, I mean, you look, I mean, they lose, I think, who was the best athlete in the state last year, Nate Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other pieces that they had, uh, like Trajan Hansen, um, Fotu, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting his first name right now, but their middle linebacker, like they were a stacked team last year. Right. I mean, they were the only team that's beaten Corner Canyon in what, like two or three years? Yeah. And they were stacked and they just didn't have like their defense was tremendous and they just didn't have like the pieces on offense. Now, this year they have some like really talented threats at wide receiver. They um gotta figure out what they're gonna do with their quarterback situation. I think that they have two players that are very capable. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some separation there a little bit that maybe the coaches are starting to see. Um, which I'll let you break that down in a second. Uh, for we'll explain why in a second. But um, yeah, I I really think that their defense is legit. I mean, John Henry Daly, yeah, is so good. And uh, CLA is at Tahi, CLA Tahi, uh-huh. their running back linebacker. Mm-hmm. That dude's a stud, dude. Their defense was a revelation, right? And so you look at the talent just across the board for both these teams. Um, you know, like Lone Peak. By like when you on paper, you look at the guys that they have. Um, they got uh, Raider to Mooney, mm-hmm. Logan Fano, um, Carson Ryan, uh, uh, Leo uh, um, Amanuve, I think is his last name. Their quarterback, uh, Targi Lamson. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a couple offensive linemen that are projected to go D1 that have D1 offers, and just the number of offers that they have, it's like okay. This is a legit on paper team, mm-hmm. but for some reason, like they made it to the well. I guess they were the state runners up last year, but like I felt that they underperformed in the regular season. They were like what eight and five heading into that state yeah. championship game or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, and so but they, with the but, talent that they have, you expect them to be a team that's like twelve and one, thirteen and zero, or something like that. Right. You know, I mean they did they did have a really tough schedule last year, and they probably have one that a tough schedule again oh yeah I mean, I mean opening with Lone so Peak. you look at who they open up with they open up with Lone Peak this year or week one mm-hmm. then they play American Fork week two mm-hmm. and American Fork just looked tremendous I mean they picked up right where they left off from right. last year you know and then I don't know what their schedule looks like after that but in terms of setting yourselves up to play the best of the best like unless they're playing Corner Canyon week three it doesn't get much tougher than right. that you right. know and um yeah it's it's these 
these two teams, um, it, they were both surprising to me in like Tim Fuse offense wasn't as potent as I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. I thought that they would kind of, I thought that they'd score at least a touchdown. Yeah. They got shut out 24, nothing. But, and then, and combined with Lone Peak's defense being as stout as they were, right. it was really great. But the, the thing we really came to talk about is the quarter play quarterback play at Lone Peak, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned it earlier. The reason why you toss it to me is because, uh, one of my cousins is the, quarterback number two for Lone Peak High School. So we, we're already familiar with uh, Luke Romney and uh, his abilities and what he can do. Um, but uh, my cousin split reps with uh, Romney this past game playing the second and fourth quarter. And I'm not going to lie. I was pretty really surprised at how well he did. Yeah. Uh, I was frustrated because uh, Lone Peak couldn't catch the ball and he was throwing some dimes out there. Which just goes to show how deep Lone Peak is as a, right. as a team. And that was another thing that was surprising to me. But uh, I really liked the way that uh, Jonah Haymuli, my cousin, was running. Uh, he was also um, throwing pretty well. He took a big shot and still threw a nice ball to the receiver uh, that wasn't caught. But he, uh, you know, I think he, he's – that's the thing with Lone Peak is a lot of talent has to sit because they're so deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, – He's just knocking off some rust. I think uh, his uh, inexperience is kind of showing. Uh, Romney was a little more composed, a little more um, uh, a play. Uh, what is it? Call- what did you say? What did you call it? Like I'm not a playmaker, but like oh, he's a, a gamer. gamer. Yeah, a gamer. he's a gamer. Like yeah. um, he goes out there and he just finds a way to make plays. You understand how the the flow works. You you understand what you can do, mm-hmm. your limits, and I think Romney is. By and far um, ahead of the game in that situation. But Jonah's got a huge upside. I think he, um, if he can keep developing, you know, he could do some great things this this mm-hmm. season. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the rest of the Lone Peak season. Um, but it was a lot of fun for me to watch that game. Yeah. Uh, through Game Night Live. Yeah, awesome. Um, who else? Well, I guess I'll, I'll um, say a couple teams that surprised me. American Fork. Yeah, beating Lehigh fifty-five to nothing. I thought I put Lehigh, I think, in like my top ten. They were around like seven, eight, or nine in yeah. that area. Um, Again, but, like they should have scored. Like we, we thought right. they would at least score a touchdown, right? Yeah, like they have Creighton Cooper as their quarterback and Cameron Cooper's younger brother. We mm-hmm. we know about Cameron. Creighton is very talented as well, but then American Fork comes out, and you know that American Fork with their offense, like. Coach Beam's offense is legit, uh-huh. but you know the the defense has struggled um, in the past, and I just didn't know what they were going to look like on defense. Noah Moiaki is a stud, man. Yeah, and we already knew that because he's being recruited by BYU. He was offered as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a dual sport athlete. He's been starting basketball and football since he was a freshman, and um, he just went out and made a bunch of plays, um, both on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball. And you have a quarterback like Maddox Madsen, who's another guy who just, dude, can just go out and make plays. Like, he mm-hmm. is just, like, all over the field and um, has great awareness, has great mobility, and can just kind of buy time to find an open guy. I mean, he threw for, like, what, 4,000 yards? or I, mean, I, I might be underselling it. Maybe it was, like, 4,800 yards last year as a as a sophomore and, like, 45 touchdowns. And then 
they go up and put a 55 burger up on Lehigh in week one, you know? Wild. Yeah, and so they play, like I mentioned earlier, they play Timpview this week, and that's going to be another tough matchup for Timpview. Mm-hmm. Um, Timpview's season started the exact same way last year. They played Lone Peak and um, American Fork in weeks one and two. They started mm-hmm. off 0-2 and kind of had a slow start last year. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how American Fork does. I put them at number three in my rankings this week so i left corner canyon one lone peak jumped up to two i think i had them around four or five Um, american fork is three i had them around six or seven and then i put bingham at four and pleasant grove at five now with bingham we still don't know what they look like because wednesday afternoon news breaks that they had three positive coronavirus tests so their games Um, so they had to delay their opener against weber they should be getting results they had their whole team tested they should be getting those results um, Monday morning. Okay. So are they going to make it up at the end of the season? Or are they just no, gonna it's just going to be it like the Gone. game was never scheduled. Okay. Yeah. So they're just going to play nine games? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's some flexibility <clears throat> built in the schedule. And that's the good thing about the RPI. True. Is that it's based on the teams you play, not based on the games you don't play. Yeah. That's true. Um, it's, it's just – I just thought it was interesting that – okay, so – this is the first power rankings we've ever done, right? Right. And uh, I granted, if you don't play a game, I don't think you should be left out of the top ten. But they only slid two positions, which is kind of interesting. I think it's just respect for the what Bingham has done consistently. That's you know? true. It is a uh, blue blood, I guess you could say, in, yeah. in, in these parts. Like, um, I expect them to be great until they aren't. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How many games though would they if they like let's say they got some more negative tests and they cancel another game, then yeah. do you drop them out of the top ten? If someone shows to me that I think they could potentially be that much better, mm-hmm. I mean Pleasant Grove's kind of knocking at that. Yeah. I know I'm going to sound biased because I went to Pleasant Grove, but <laughs> um, it's true though. Pleasant Grove's legit program. this year. Yeah. And they had they had some pickups this off season that. I wasn't aware of, <laughs> and all of a sudden they have these guys that come in. They have a four-star wide receiver that comes in, um, and he scored a 65-yard touchdown like a 73-yard touchdown. Dang. Their quarterback transfers in, Sam Levitt, um, and he looks great. Like He's mm-hmm. throwing deep balls all over the field, connecting with his wide receivers. They have a talented running back that comes in, Aaron Jones, and then they have one of the top um, – athletic prospects in the state and Isaac Vaha, who's a defensive mm-hmm. end tight end, you know, and then they have, um, the, uh, the Connors brothers, they're twins. Okay. Uh, they're running back and I think they play like running back and slot receiver on offense and like safety and outside linebacker on mm-hmm. defense. And they're both studs. Like they're, um, have a bunch of offers to like FCS, like big sky schools. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're really talented this year. Um, they have a, a DAW on the offensive line. We Those of you who right. follow uh, BYU, his older brother Parker and Zach Wyatt is the is the one that's at PG, but his older brothers Parker and Zach both played at BYU. Um, I mean, they have some talent on the, on the roster this year, and um, with those additions that they weren't expecting, you know, <laughs> they're really good this year. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I beat, like, Region 4, like we said, is just the bloodbath. And so it, it's no surprise that PG has reloaded and um, done as well as they have so far. Um, 
So I look forward to covering them a lot more this season. Uh, okay, let's talk about two more things. Okay. Uh, two more surprises and two more two brand new additions to the top ten of our GNL power rankings. Okay. Uh, let's first talk about the new number nine. Brighton wasn't even in the top ten last week. Were they even in the top twenty? That's what I want to know. They were in the top twenty. I think that was some jockeying from Nate Dowdle, our <laughs> sports director. But it was. They put on a show, and a player in particular put on a big show. Yeah, uh, this past weekend. So I, sorry, I'm just gonna say the wide receiver I was talking about from Pleasant Grove is Darius Clemens. Okay, and then we're gonna talk about Lander Barton mm. from Brighton High School. Now, if that name sounds familiar <laughs> for Utah fans, you know the Barton name, Jackson Cody. This mm-hmm. is the Ring next a bell. Barton. Sound familiar? Yep, sounds a little familiar. <laughs> well, this is the next Barton brother. And man, he is a stud. Okay, uh, in in their season opener against Fremont, um, he had uh, a touchdown and one of the nastiest stiff arms I've seen. It's, a, yeah, it's in insane. my entire life. It I couldn't believe it. So sick. Like it, it's like a career ending. It's, right. <laughs> it's just like, dude, go hang up your cleats after yeah, that. Just, you know, uh, um, Gabe Curtis, their quarterback, looked really good. He tossed four touchdowns. Mm. Same with. Uh, Fremont's quarterback. Actually, you know what's funny is I noticed afterward, um, I saw a tweet from a certain former Mr. Basketball superstar signed with BYU that played at Fremont. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Dallin Hall. Mr. His Dallin brother Hall. Um, is a is a uh I don't I'm not sure what position he plays, maybe tight end. Okay. Um for Fremont. He had three uh, receiving touchdowns. Oh, wow. Yeah, his name's Hayden Hall. Okay. Um, I believe he is a class of 2022, so he's a junior. Wow. Um, and, yeah, he had three touchdowns in that game. Um, so that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll have to keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Uh, just given how good Dallin was as an athlete. Right. Um, I'd like to see Hayden maybe do the same thing as what his brother did, you know? That'd be a really, like, under-the-radar type uh um, player to watch just because Fremont they underperformed last year, but they're usually a typically typically good program. Um, so I think the expectations for the school are low this year. But if you got a guy like him who's doing the things he's doing, like scoring multiple touchdowns, receiving touchdowns a game, psh, keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Well, what's funny? So Brighton last year actually had a pretty good season. They went. Um, uh, Eight and two in the regular season. Oh, I was talking about Fremont. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Fremont was supposed to be better than they were last year, but they right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fremont dropped off because two years ago they were really good. They made it to They're, the quarterfinals. Yes, they were really good, and then they just weren't the same. They, in fact, they played Brighton in Week One last year. But Brighton, I was just going to make a point about Brighton. Uh-huh. You go back to like when they had Simi Fehoko. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and uh, Sione Lund. Sione Hemuli Lund. Yeah. Um, what was that? Two thousand. 15, I think, when they played there. Uh, and those guys were like, yeah, yeah they were making, making it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. That's 2014. And they just have not been great the last, like, four or so years. 2016, three wins. 2017, they only had five wins. Um, didn't even make the playoffs. 2018, they only had two wins. Mm. And then last year, like I was saying, they turned things around. They have eight wins. And um, I think that they have some talent this year. And could potentially make some noise at the 5A level. Because um, I just don't feel like there's a clear-cut favorite in 5A. I think Orem's going to be good. I think Tempe's going to be good. But I don't think that they're the same programs that they have been the last 
several years, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's kind of uh, – this. I feel like this year's pretty um, – Aside from Corner Canyon. Right. Disclaimer. <laughs> okay. You don't count the schools that can reload that have been reloading and reloading for years, right? Like different schools will have an up year. Different schools will have a down year. And I feel like this year it's like a pretty – not a down year, but – a lot of schools that we're typically seeing in the playoffs year to year are probably going to start dipping. Timothy's one of them. Right. You know? And so um, another team that typically – that used to be in the playoffs a lot and um, have had started to get bounced early. But I think – I was surprised at their – I'm going to call it an upset. Their upset win over Harriman on Thursday night. Davis High School. Yeah, um, they haven't been that, you know, uh, that state championship Davis high school football team for like a while. Yeah. And um, they played the first game in the nation of the football season on Thursday night. And, dude, I can't believe that they whooped Harriman. Right. Well, you look at how they did last year. They were four and uh, nine. They lost in the first round to Westlake, which if you look at what Westlake did last year. <laughs> Yeah. Westlake won three games. Yeah. Including that first round win. Uh, actually, no. You know what? They actually only won two games, including that game. Because do you remember last year when Lone Peak played the ineligible <gasps> and player and it. they had to forfeit that's all their games? Right. So that's how Westlake got one of, their one of its three wins. <laughs> and so that's Davis right. was just like, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from Davis last year. Or sorry, this year because of how they performed last year. And mm-hmm. then I think I had Harriman in the top five. Yeah, let me let me look real quick while, while you're talking. I think yeah. Harriman was in the top ten at least. They were for Let's sure in the top ten. Were. It was a major major upset. I think they were seven, um, and Davis upsets them. Um, they were eighth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, which is just really, I mean, honestly, really impressive. A, a great game, um, a great game plan. Uh, their quarterback yeah. looked good, Chance Trujillo, um, and they return a bunch of guys that were key contributors last year. Spencer Ferguson, their running back. 197 yards dude. rushing on 32 carries. I didn't That's know, tough. I didn't know who that dude was, and I saw him running, and I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's going to just eat this season. Because yeah, like, Harriman's one of those schools that just is known for their stout defense, right? Right. And, uh, I mean, you look at people that have come out of that program, like uh, Francis Bernard or Lucky Fotu. Lucky Fotu. And his yeah, brother, yeah. Exactly. It, but this dude was running just straight down the middle down their throats it was it was fun to watch and so that's a name if you are sleeping on somebody he's got he's probably the one everyone's sleeping on yeah um so i actually one of the games that i went to this week was uh maple mountain cedar valley Mm. um and maple mountain's another school that like you know there's a lot of talent in that south end of utah county but it's kind of hard to know which team's going to be the great team in a given year, you know. Yeah. It could be Spanish Fork one year, it could be Springville. Springville's always very consistent. Mm-hmm. But between like Maple Mountain, Salem Hills and Spanish Fork, none of them are ever really good at the same time. Right. It's like one is going to pop up one like Spanish Fork was good 2 years ago right. and then they struggled last year. Salem Hills was great last year. They were they started the season off yeah. like 11 and 0. Mm-hmm. Um and then Maple Mountain I think is going to be that team this year in that south end of Utah County that's going to pop up. And let me tell you why. Because they have a guy by the name of Kyson Hall. Oh, yeah. Again, more fa- familial ties. That we're all <laughs> tying this back to guys that have superstar older brothers. Okay, Kyson Hall, the son of Kalen Hall, younger brother of KJ and Jaron Hall, mm-hmm. 
all of BYU fame. Uh, this dude had four catches for 136 yards and three touchdowns, Jeez. including a 76-yard touchdown reception, and then a 25-yard pass that I actually had a chance to shoot, and it was impressive. Wow. Like, toe tap, fighting against a cornerback. Unreal. Um, playing really physical. I mean, this dude is a burner. Like, right. I'd love to see him play like a wildcat formation. What's okay. funny is we were actually watching Britton Covey's highlights before we came mm-hmm. up here. And he reminds me just in terms of like his athleticism and how wiry he is. He reminds me a lot of like Britton Covey, even okay. his build, you know? Um, so he's not built as much like Jaron. He's more, he's more like KJ. Okay. Yeah. He's fast though. Like okay. really fast. Shifty. Yeah. Elusive. I mean, there was a couple times just cause I was hoping, um, I mean, it was a kind of a blowout, so I was like, "Okay, I don't need to yeah. shoot like every single highlight." So I was just like, "You're just chilling, following him." Yeah, like I was doing an ISO cam on him, and every single time he's just burning past the defense, Damn. like flying past him. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, he's fast, and I think that um, they could make some noise this year. Uh, and his quarterback threw for five touchdowns, which is impressive. Yeah, Tyler Nelson. So that's crazy. It'll be fun to watch those guys this year. Yeah, I mean, so hopefully they they continue that. Uh, Cedar Valley, right? That's who they play. Yeah, second year or first year? second year second school. Year. Yeah, so out in Eagle Mountain, it's the new high school out there. So it's, I mean, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then you take it to teams that are a little bit tougher. So we'll, I think for me, there remains to be seen. As soon as what's the first tough team on their schedule? Do you have their schedule for Maple there? Mountain? They play yeah. Pleasant Grove this week. That's okay. going to be their first big test. All right, perfect. Yeah. So I think if they, man, if they win. They're definitely cracking the top ten. How high do you think they go? Would you uh, they beat PG? I think I put them at twelve or thirteen. If they beat PG, I'd put them probably around eight. Okay. Um, I don't know that's going to happen. I think PG is really good. Like I yeah. said, I have PG at number five in my rankings. They have a great defense. Their offense has always been the question mark the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be really good this year. Cool. Um, let's see. Anything else high school related? I just, I'm just, just so happy that football's back. Yeah, man. Even if too. like I, the game I covered this on Friday. So I covered Davis Harum on a Thursday on Friday. I covered, uh, I covered Juan Diego, um, Bear River, right? Bear River, yeah. Bear River, Juan Diego. And, uh, it was fun, but just. I was supposed to cover Corner Canyon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's all right. Yeah, it like, was uh, shifting. We, we had, had to shift sh- assignments yeah, because of the Bingham thing mm-hmm. happened, and so there was another TV station that ended up changing their game of the week to that. Yeah, and so just in terms of being able to get as many highlights as we can, it just made sense to do that. Yeah, I was confused when I saw someone at the Bear River Juan Diego <laughs> game, and I was like, "Why? What? Like, I because I." usually have a pretty good idea because I make like all the graphics and stuff beforehand, like mm. what games we have. And so that popped up and I was like, is there a prospect and like maybe Kyle or Trevor is at that game or <laughs> someone else someone, just decided yeah. to go cover it. But then, yeah, fair enough. But, but anyways, yeah. Looking forward to football this weekend. Um, yeah. Go to kslsports.com for all our coverage of this past weekend, our power rankings and let us know. At KSL Sports on Twitter or at SB After Hours, what do you think of the rankings? If you would rate teams higher or lower, we'd like to hear from you and see what you think. Yeah. Um, 
because what else are you going to watch this football season? Uh, Not college. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, that should probably do it for this episode of Sports Beat After Hours. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. He is the other host, Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>